Dear Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful for the opportunity to serve, the opportunity to know you, and uh, for all the wonderful things we are learning in this conference, ways that we can better minister both in our practices, but also as uh, health ministry um, professionals that can engage in the local church and reach out to those that are around us with your love and with um, the message of hope that we have to share. So as we this afternoon spend some time to think about particularly those that are broken and um, enslaved by many addictions and, and behaviors that are un unhealthy and that are damaging, we ask your spirit to guide our thoughts. May everything that we say and do simply honor you and may you give insights to those that are here in very practical ways they can share and use this information. So your name can be honored and many can find hope and find you as we minister to them. In Jesus we pray. Amen. So I just bring you greetings for our, from our team at the General Conference Health Ministries. And as Phil said, um, everyone would love to be here. Unfortunately, I'm the lucky one, <laughs> and they cannot be here, but I was very blessed, and I am very sorry that I will miss a couple of days, um, but I've been blessed to be here. You know that as a church, our main objective, particularly in the next five years, is to continue reaching the world, and uh, this is part of the strategic plan that um, comes all the way from our president, Elder Wilson, down to all the levels at the local church and every member being involved. And so this that we're going to be talking about next is one of the ways that we can reach out, that we can uh, be able to hopefully help those that are hurting. I, um, when I was an NAD as director of this ministry called Adventist Recovery Ministries, I would receive very often emails such as this one. Uh, I'm, struggling, I'm a struggling Adventist with sex addiction, and I do not cheat or have many girlfriends. I only date one girl. We've been dating... Uh, from 2011 till now, and we've decided to stop having sex because we're not married. We want to do it right after marriage, but the problem is that if I spend more time not having sex, I start to lust and watch porn. I seriously need help. This is somebody that it could be in your church sitting next to you, uh, maybe a young person who is struggling and needs help. Another one, my son is addicted to meth and heroin. I can't believe I just wrote that. Seeing it in print is so hurtful. I was raised a Seventh-day Adventist, but have since married and no longer attend. My son needs godly help to escape this evil, and I thought of the Adventist church uh, when I was thinking of who to turn to uh, in a time of crisis. Here's someone who's no longer with us, but still think that maybe we have something to offer, that we could help her son. And here, another case, hi, finding hard to get help with uh, my addiction. I am an Adventist, and there is not really help in my church. I also seem like they don't understand. I wish your service, and this is elsewhere in the world, in London, because I need someone Adventist and truly understand my addictions and difficulty going, I'm going through. There is any possibility you can help. In other words, I mean, these are just a few of the many, many emails uh, that representing the many people, even within our church, our members, people we see perhaps on a daily basis, that we don't know what they're struggling with. You know, as Adventists, uh, many times we have the tendency to put this perfect mask that just shows all the good things we are doing and the, how good we are and all we believe. But many times people don't feel safe to share the real struggles and how, you know, many times they are hooked to uh, issues. And I'm not just talking about them. I'm talking about us because all of us 
there are issues in our life that God wants to help us work through so that we can overcome the sin and uh, be able to experience a more abundant life so we can serve better as well. So this ministry came out as a way to really be a way to help people, not only within our church, but of course the many around us that need um, to find that healing, need to find a, a safe place to be able to open up, to share their struggles, and to find the help in Christ uh, to be able to overcome that with his help. So many times, unfortunately, what they find when, you know, we get those emails is this. They're asking for help. They're lost. They're drowning. And we, as I said, are very well here. You know, the church is doing well. We're having our sunlight, vitamin D. <laughs> we are healthy, and we don't see uh, and we don't understand the experience of those that are drowning. And we say, well, I don't know how to go there. Somebody will. So they say, you know, I'm sorry, I can't help you. That's not a spiritual gift I have. Well, I'm encouraged today because you're here. That means that you either already kind of know how to swim over here or you're eager to learn how to do it. And I will tell you, um, most of the places that we've been talking about this ministry, most people are still here trying to learn how to swim because it is a difficult place. I know I've met somebody yesterday who is already doing a lot of swimming, trying to reach out in a prison ministry, um, uh, you know, with this message of recovery. But this, I don't need to tell you, it's a big issue, uh, drug addictions. This is a report that came out looking at all the developed countries in the world and is discussing health indicators that actually are linked to economic development. And in all these countries, and I don't know, you cannot see it because it's very small here, but all the main developed countries in the world are listed here. They're saying people are living longer. Uh, on average, 11 years on this report, and this is another report that actually looks between 1970 and 2013, and you can see the life expectancy uh, from all these countries has been pretty much, you know, in many places, um, about from 83 all the way down, of course, in some countries here, 56 still, but from all of them, it's much higher than it used to be. And uh, we realize that that's a good thing. However, the bad news is that people are living with chronic illnesses. And so when you look at non-medical determinants of health, they come up with four top things. And you would guess what they are. Uh, if you look at them, all of them actually could be related to addictions. Uh, tobacco consumption among those is the top one, alcohol consumption. We also see fruit and vegetable consumption among adults, the lack of there is. Uh, linked to the chronic health problems, and also obesity, um, which both in adults and in children is a major concern. Now, not all the issues related to obesity are related to addiction, but there are a lot of them that could be related to that or to other issues that are linked to behaviors, addictive behaviors like trauma. You know, many of you might have been familiar with the ACE studies, looking at adverse childhood experiences and how those traumatic events are linked to obesity and many other things. So it's much more complex than just, you know, what people eat and whether or not they exercise when it comes to obesity. But uh, there are many factors that it also could be related to trauma and to uh, potential addiction um, coexisting with that. So looking at this is a big problem. If we want to reach out to the world and we want to be relevant, um, it's important that we have a message that can help people overcome these issues. 
And so um, this ministry, as I said, came out as a way for us to try to do that. Now, I, I will skip some of this data because most of you here know about this issue and have rates. What I wanted to point out is the link that we often do um, very well on treating the top or even pre uh, teaching prevention on the top 10 killers of the, the global sphere here. And that's cardiovascular disease, cancer, stroke, and you know, you're familiar with this top list here. And if I was to say, okay, what is linked to these deaths, you would say, well, there are many risk factors, perhaps as we just saw on that, those four that we listed, you know, tobacco, alcohol, and uh, many other kinds of uh, drug use or um, substance abuse. We also see many other things like sexual behaviors that could be linked to things like pornography or um, promiscuity or uh, many partners. And we also see uh, other things that are related to like infectious diseases or motor vehicle accidents. But many of these risk factors are linked to addictions. Now, we often, as professionals or even in health ministries, we're very good at coming and doing health promotion programs and, you know, teaching about ways people can change their lifestyle and perhaps, you know, exercise more and eat a better diet. Maybe we talk about tobacco use and the importance of quit some of these uh, behaviors. And, of course, as a church, we believe that. Temperance is a big part of um, what we believe is important. But many times we fail to go deeper to find out what are the root causes of these behaviors. And as I was just telling you now, you know, there was a case of a, a lady who came to a cooking class. She wanted to lose weight. She was obese, and she's worked, she worked very hard on this. She would lose a couple pounds, and will gain it back. Would lose a couple pounds, will gain it back. And after going for weeks at this, the uh, leader of the, of the nutrition class came and had a talk with her. So what's going on? She said, I, I really can't lose it. I don't, I don't think I can do this. And after talking and spending time, invited her over to their home and had a more relaxed environment, she shared that the reason why for her was very hard to change, it was, again, she had been raped as a child by her stepfather. And um, ever since then, she used food as a way um, to feel better about herself, but also to you know, protect herself. So the weight, the obesity, was actually a way for her to be unattractive to others who potentially could um, be perpetrators of, of abuse. And so there was this very deep psychological uh, aspect of why she had difficulty with the obesity and with the food uh, that actually turned out to be a food addiction that she had. And, and it was much more complicated than simply say, oh, you need to eat fruits and vegetables and you know, lose weight and start exercising. And unless, and of course, the nice thing about the story is that eventually you know, uh, there was a lot that happened that helped her find healing for some of the deep needed um, issues that she had. And she was able to allow God to help her through that process. And she lost weight. She actually became an Adventist. And, uh, uh, you know, God really transformed her life. But oftentimes we miss the root causes of why people are using the drugs, are eating in a certain way, are, you know, having some of these 
behaviors, the risk factors. Um, and these are some examples of them. It could be stress, it could be issues related to poor self-worth, issues related to lack of purpose, of meaning, hopelessness, despair. And unless we are able to do what Jesus did, because this is what he was an expert at, is to get down to the root causes, we are not able to really truly help uh, people overcome the addictions and the issues. And so, you know, addictions are nothing more than ways that people find to try to numb their pain or to find purpose or to find, uh, feel better about themselves. And it's often a composite um, use of psychoactive materials in response to these stressors or these experiences in life. And um, many times it's hard for us to understand unless we spend time and we really deal uh, with these things. It could be a person, it could be a substance, it could be an event, it could be anything that the person can use, uh, not just you know, substance. We do think about alcohol and drugs as, as usually that's what comes to our mind when we talk about addictions. But you know, now we see that there are many process addictions and many other things that maybe we here are doing. We're not smoking, we're not using drugs, but maybe we have a tendency to be critical, maybe we're codependent, maybe, um, you know, there are all kinds of things. We are workaholics for ministry, right? But that's okay because it's ministry. Um, we don't have the balance that we, we could have. Um, and so there are many things that need to, to be looked at, and addiction is not the problem. Oftentimes is what's behind it, the scars that people carry that need to be dealt with, and then the uh, addiction issue can be uh, you know, resolved through Christ. So again, us having this background is helpful for us to understand people that are struggling and that are going through this. As I said to you, it's not just substance use. Uh, there are many other forms of addictions that, that people have, and this is just an example of many of the other things that uh, perhaps are accepted by some, like sports or work or use of the Internet. Um, but all these things actually are used by the enemy to enslave us, right? And so we see intemperance coming uh, in every way, and we see appetites being stimulated to all, for all those things. And the beautiful news is that there's only one that can come and set us free. And I love this text um, uh, in Isaiah that talks about Jesus coming in, healing the brokenhearted. But this translation, especially amplified version, it says to proclaim liberty to the physical and the spiritual captives. Uh, and the opening of the prison uh, and of the eyes to those who are bound. And this is uh, what people that are struggling with addictions feel like. They feel, they feel bound. And we are bound to sin because of our sinful nature. And Christ is the only one who can help us. So with Adventist Recovery Ministries, we bring Christ to the picture, to the centerpiece. And in him is where there is hope. And so this program was developed um, several years ago by somebody called Hall Gates. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Hall Gates, a few of you. And the program used to be called Regeneration. So he came from a background of having been an alcoholic, finding freedom in Christ, using the 12 steps, but he wanted to bring Christ to the center. And so he developed a resource where Christ um, became at, at the center of this. And over the years, the church, the General Conference, as well as North American Division, 
previous um, couple of previous uh, leaders in the NAD health ministries were very supportive, and this was taught and everything. Over the years, when I was coming into NAD five, six years ago, this was just recently have uh, become a ministry of the church, an official ministry of the church. The name was changed to Adventist Recovery Ministries, and uh, we developed new resources, um, material to be used by people at the local church, and it became part of the structure of the church. So now, any leader of health ministries at the division, union, conference, and local church can also be a leader of Adventist Recovery Ministries. And here, in fact, Dr. Lorraine Barton is here. She is the Pacific Union Health Ministries and Recovery Ministries leader. For those of you who don't know her, you will hear her. She'll talk a little bit at the end. But um, so this ministry now is, um, over the last five years or so, has been getting more momentum to grow and to help churches and health professionals like ourselves here be able to use it both uh, at the clinical practice or also at the local church setting. And the focus is to bring Christ as the center of the help for people who are struggling. And the mission of the ministry is to promote healing and recovery uh, from any harmful practice. It's not just substance abuse, as I said, is any process addictions, and it is to open up groups that can allow people to come in and talk about their vulnerability, their struggle, without fear of being judged, without fears of, of being talked about. You know, there's confidentiality that goes on. And uh, we use the 12 steps, followed uh, with the comparison of the st book Steps to Christ, and you can see here, um, you know, the biblical concepts and Bible passages that come along as, as well as the principles, the Christian principles that guide. And if you look at these principles, it's nothing but the journey of, you know, all of us is the journey of sanctification. It's about surrendering the things that people can't for themselves change. It's about confessing and repentance of those behaviors that need to be let go and, and that need to um, be dealt with. Reconciliation and restoration. There are relationships oftentimes that need to be restored or people that need to be um, talked to in terms of asking for forgiveness or extending forgiveness. And also continue growth uh, and then sharing and serving once those are the last steps, once the person has been already in this journey to recovery. And uh, there are many differences between this program and a 12, regular 12 step program. For one, crisis at the center. But secondly, unlike 12 step programs out there, we don't believe that only those that have had an addictive past can be a leader. Um, we believe that anyone can be a facilitator. So if those of you who are here and you're interested, but you haven't, you know, used hardcore drugs or alcohol, and, you know, if you were out there, you would need to have gone through some of that hardship in order to be able to lead a group. Not so with Adventist Recovery Ministries. Or else Jesus himself couldn't lead a group. Uh, so what we do ask, though, is that we need to be able to be open and, and find something we're struggling with. So that when the meeting comes and people are sharing, as a leader, you will share too. So nobody is better than anyone. You're not there to tell people or do therapy to people or, or tell them what to do necessarily. You're there to be supportive, to understand. And then there's the resource that everybody follows. Uh, there's a facilitator guide for the leader to facilitate the meetings. These are weekly meetings. Um, and there's a participant guide where people take home 
one of the materials, and then they have readings, Bible readings, Steps to Christ, and other readings that they do. They also have goals, journaling that they do during the week. And then the next meeting, when they come, there's more sharing that happens. Let me ask, how many of you have attended 12-step group before? Anyone here? Oh, I'm glad to see at least half of you have. Um, if you haven't, if you're considering doing this and leading this group, I would strongly recommend that you do. Find a, a meeting where you are and just be safe. You can visit and, you know, um, there are open meetings that that's possible that you could come and observe. But you could also find perhaps a meeting that's happening at a local church. So you can have that experience. And uh, for those of you who have been, maybe for your own good or for perhaps a family member, if it's an all-in-all meeting, um, I don't know. I think most of you will agree that it's a very warm place to be where you feel accepted. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they were saying to me, you know, I, I sometimes go to a... Actually, I wish he was here. Let me see. He was, he's not here. It's Danny. He was telling me, you know, oftentimes I go to 12-step meetings. I get there, and I see all these other Adventists there. And, um, you know, and that just tells you that there are needs, and people are going somewhere. If we could have this in our church, wouldn't that be... Uh, much better linking this to uh, the God that can give us the source of healing. So uh, there are newsletters that you can access on the website. The website is adventistrecovery.org. And um, currently, the, uh, Pastor Ray Nelson is the editor. And there are articles, there are testimonies of people that go through recovery, and it covers uh, step every time. There are several languages. It's translated into French, Spanish, English, and Russian, actually, also. And uh, this is the website. And as I said, the journey to wholeness is the material that are used. So, as I said, you have uh, materials that tell you everything you need to do in the meeting. It guides you through uh, a one-hour meeting, which is usually what's recommended. And as a facilitator, you can just read and prepare based on that. And for those of you who have attended meetings, you know it's very simple. People share. They say what they're struggling with, um, and people are not there to give them counsel. They just say, well, thank you for sharing, or they may share something as well. But it's really the focus is on each person that, that goes talking about what their struggles are. And in our meetings, um, we can, uh, at the end, pray. We can add different things that can be helpful as we talk about, you know, God as the source. And there's all that information in the facilitator guide. And people that go through the training can learn more of that. One of the resources that have been produced is the Unhooked DVD series. This is a uh, 10 uh, DVDs that cover about 30 different stories of people who have struggled with all kinds of issues, from cutting to, you know, pornography, gambling, all kinds of uh, types of addictions you can think of, process and substance abuse addictions. And um, this tells their story, and then you have the experts that talk about treatment and potential um, ways to help this person, and then you can see the end of the story and how God has helped that person. So these are real people. Some of them are from our churches, others in our hospitals, places that w they work uh, at the church level. And you can see how God has changed their lives. It's called Unhooked. I think I have a, a trailer here. I remember I would sit in the therapist's office and she would say, you have a drug history of a 40-year-old woman. And I'm sitting there 18 years old thinking, I don't have a problem because I'm not legal to drink. 
Pills became part of my life due to migraine headaches. I could not stop. I think I was 36 grand upside down at that time into credit lines when I ran out of money because I was using that much cocaine. I was not a happy drunk. I was a mean drunk. One is not enough. So then you go to two. Two is not enough because you see you become addicted. I always had to have a needle by my bed and if I didn't I'd be terrified. From when you're little you have to go to sleep with a stuffed animal. It changes when you're older and you're an addict so you have to go to sleep with a lighter in your hand. I just wanted to be happy and I thought that all the things that I wanted would give me happiness. I don't like losing control and you know I had lost control. How did I get here? This is not the person my mother raised me to be. It's the disease of addiction. Everyone has a different bottom point and that clearly was mine. Something seriously drastic had to change. And that's when the Lord stepped in. So this became a series that was out in April of 2013 at Hope Channel. And it's available freely uh, for access online, but there's also a DVD that can be purchased and could be used both for awareness at the local church or also, you know, as part of the meetings um, in different ways. And, um, you know, it's an, another resource that is available. So um, another difference between Adventist recovery ministries and maybe a 12-step meeting that's a secular is that oftentimes people that uh, look at this 12-step meetings from a secular perspective say, you know, do people ever become free? Are they addicted to the 12-step meetings? <laughs> and there's a concern among many that, you know, uh, maybe they substituted their addiction for the 12-step meetings. And why is it that they have to attend? If they don't attend, you know, they feel insecure and all that. Um, of course, as from our perspective, knowing God and his power, we believe that people can find freedom uh, for their habits. Um, the issue, though, is that we are not in heaven yet. We're still sinners. So while Christ is working in us, we're still in a journey. And we haven't arrived yet, have we? If you have, maybe, you know, you are uh, in a different level that most of us who are dependent on God daily. It doesn't mean that we go and do all the things that used to be before we know him, but we, it, need, it means that we need his power. Unless we have his power on a daily basis, we are wretched, right? We are like, well, Paul says, what I want to do, I can't. And, you know, we have that struggle. So what we do in the 12-step recovery ministries is to provide a structure for people who have, you know, this big struggle. And we talk about through the 12 steps, they can see the journey of sanctification and of growing in their character with God. And instead of saying, hi, I am Katya, I am a codependent, um, and then maybe that is the issue I'm dealing with, I may say, hi, I'm Katya. I have a, had an issue with codependency, but today I have Christ. And he has, uh, he's my power, 
and he's the one who is helping me through this struggle, you know? So instead of saying, I am an alcoholic, which bothers many people, say, oh, they haven't drank in 20 years. Why are they still an alcoholic? <laughs> but they recognize they have that tendency, and this is what they're thinking about. They're saying, without Christ, I'm an alcoholic. But, you know, so people may introduce themselves differently at the meetings, and they may say, today I have found victory in Christ. So for today, I am unhooked from alcohol. Now, they recognize that tomorrow, if they drink one drink, they may go back to that life. So it's that constant dependence on God. That's what comes, you know, out in, in the meetings where they know that in order to be free and find victory, they have to be connected to Christ, right? So this is a ministry that can be done, as I said, at the, by a local church, in the local church, on a weekly basis. And, um, you know, we see different models happening uh, we see churches that use this as a Sabbath school class. We see churches that use this as a meeting for community somewhere. Um, we see places where they're doing this um, at, by a, at a school, um, and they're doing this at a practice, a doctor's practice. You know, uh, It can be done anywhere. Many of you who already perhaps, I don't know if you're from a mental health perspective, you may be doing a 12-step meeting in your work or, you know, uh, where, you, where you, you practice. And this is another option where you could have this um, as another type of meeting that people can come to. So um, the county jail could refer people to your meetings, you know, because this is a 12-step a meeting. You could actually um, sign up with the county so they can refer people to you. So there are many ways that can be used. Um, we normally do say if people have a specific struggle, say a sex addiction or narcotic addiction, while they're coming to the recovery ministries, this, this is a general one. There are people there from all kinds of issues. We still recommend people to go to their specific meetings as well because there they can also hear specific things about their own struggle that they're having so they can attend both. So it's a compliment in those cases. Um, because, as I said, it's an open meeting that, uh, that anybody can attend, and so it, it may be helpful for him to continue with that specific um, group meeting. But it's certainly open to just about anyone. And I you know, just wanted to share with you about the resource. This is not a training per se. In order for you to start, you have to go to a, a training program. We did have a training program here in a Pacific Union some years ago. This is a picture of the group that attended. Uh, we've had trainings through all the unions in North America. But um, we are now in the process of uh, uh, providing materials so more people can be trainers and this can be duplicated much more rapidly and people can get equipped to do this much more rapidly. Certainly, if you have had uh, experience with 12-step, leading 12-steps is much easier. Um, and... and um, Certainly, you will get this resource, and it will be much easier for you to use that. There are some differences, as I mentioned to you, than a regular 12-step meeting. And if you think about the many people that could be helped, uh, as I said, I met, I forget your name. I'm so sorry. So, Susan, right? And she has been doing a beautiful ministry with the churches, I mean, with the prison, uh, prisons in the Sacramento area, um, and is a great resource, uh, too, uh, that can share experiences 
But certainly there are many opportunities for us to use this ministry. And I pray that we'll be able to have more people uh, interested in leading out because there are many that are searching for answers. And this can and has been um, certainly, you know, there's scientific evidence that shows the 12 steps are helpful uh, to help people with substance abuse. But certainly when we bring Christ to the center, um, there's, I, I, we don't have evidence in terms of scientific evidence yet, but uh, certainly for other kinds of faiths, when they bring Christ to the center, they have found much more uh, success in terms of helping people stay you know, free from, from the addiction. So we believe that uh, this will, will continue to be a, a blessing. Now, are there any specific questions that you may have? What about, uh, is the uh, church offering training online? Good question. Uh huh. Make it to a yes. So one of the things that are planned is a, a training online. Uh, it has is not ready yet, and it, it but is in the plans so that people can access this from you know anywhere. Certainly there is an element on our trainings of a lot of sharing and experience that the people that come to the training uh, go through themselves. Uh, particularly if they haven't had experience with 12 steps. So that 101, it's hard to convey on an online training. And uh, I don't know, those of you, some of you might, might have been with us uh, during training. It's a powerful experience to hear people's stories, to you know, go through emotional healing lecture and, and find out you know, uh, answers to our own struggles and to find healing during the training. We find that a lot of people find healing through the training too. So that's why I personally, I think that it's not the same. Even when we have them available online, it's not going to be the same as being in person at the local training, but it is in the plans. Yeah, I have a question there in the back. Uh, in my experience with addiction and observing it, it requires three things. Like the 12 step is a tool to just stop the behavior, mm -hmm. whatever the behavior is. The therapy is something. Yes. Or healing. Yes. And uh, church and spirituality is for transformation. Yes. And it requires those three things. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, it's different for everybody. Yes. Requires that tripod or that solid base. Yes. This Adventist recovery, I see it as part of the, uh, the church. Yes. Much part of the 12 step. Because I can still find it hard that, the, as you know, the deep waters are different, whether or not it's a process addiction. Yes. The deep water, I just can't wrap my mind around a facilitator understanding it. Yeah, and they, they won't. You're right. I mean, they're, they're not there as an expert. They're there as someone who will facilitate, you know, and will share also. If there are specific issues that need to be there, uh, you know, dealt with, what we do in the training is to help them understand those and then refer people. Uh, like you said, very importantly, many of them need therapy. So, you know, the facilitator will build a list of places that they can refer to people to. Certainly in our website, we have a list that people can click any state in, in North America or um, in, in Canada. They, there are names of people, Christian counselors, that can be referred to. There's a few that we've worked with where we directly refer people to when they need the counseling as well. So that piece is there in terms of referral. But the facilitator is not there as a professional. It's not, um, in fact, we don't want it to be. We, we want them to be there to understand, to provide a healing environment, allow people to share, pray for each other, and, you know, build that kind of thing, and then refer people uh, as needed. Because of the 12-step, there's no facilitator or leader. It's quite organic. 
Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I was saying earlier, in terms of um, the person who is leading, uh, facilitating, they're not really the expert. They are part of the group. So they share as everybody else shares. And they're just there to kind of keep the, you know, uh, they know what is happening that evening, and they will kind of keep the conversation moving, you know, um, just making sure to be the contact person at the local church, you know, for, for setting up the meetings and everything, but they are part of the group. Uh, so in a way, that's, that's how it, 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 it works with the recovery ministries that we're talking about versus, you know, the 12-step outside. Yes? So at these meetings, there's several different categories of addiction that we're struggling with. That's right. And how do they um, interact with each other? Is it beneficial or is it um, a deterrent that they have different no, it's, it's uh, beneficial in the sense that, you know, everybody would have, of course, their struggles. Uh, they can bond together, you know, with a support, a mentor uh, who has been already at this longer. There are people, there are people that come in new, um, that may come in new anytime. And so as, even though this, the, facili the, the facilitator guide covers one step every month. So it's four meetings talking about that one step. Then the second month is another step and another. So it's a curriculum for the whole year, if you will. Um, and so there may be people that are coming in, the meetings are happening and talking about step three, you know, particularly the reading that week. But then that person that's new will work with a mentor in the group and they will start out from step one um, and do that calling outside the meetings, you know, that support, that prayer that's happening. So it's kind of like creating um, a one-on-one -on -one a body system that can actually be your prayer body, you know, friend, that can actually support you along the way. And so that's where, you know, they would connect with anyone in the group, uh, regardless of what issue they're struggling with. But again, as I said earlier, if they have a specific issue that's a big one, we recommend them to also go to their particular issue, say Sexaholic Anonymous or Narcotic Anonymous or whatever it may be. This is more of a, an environment for for providing a safe place, an understanding place, a welcoming place for them to feel part of a family, if you will. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, a couple questions. Uh, so, it does sound like there's kind of a start and it, I mean, does the group go on? Uh, Goes on. Mm -hmm. So, it's weekly, ongoing. And, and, but do most people leave the group after a year because they've gone through the 12? No. Okay. And, not necessarily. They may, but it, they are welcome to stay. So they will start again. Okay. Yeah. Does everyone have a mentor? You know, an AA, they call it a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, is everyone that comes in? Yes, the same way. Okay. Yeah. So people coming in first time will be then linked to sponsors or mentors um, that will then, as I was saying, you know, call them, make sure that, you know, how they're doing, pray with them, and, and offer that support system more on one on one. Yeah, yeah. Any other questions? Yes. I'm going to date myself, but we used to do the five-day... Stop smoking. Uh-huh. Yes. And you have a facilitator, a doctor, and a pastor yeah. at the five-day plans. How long do you train lay people? And then, you know, you say you train them. Yes. You need to have any background. Uh, you're talking about for stop smoking or for this? 
for this we do. So um, as I said, there are trainings that happen in, in different unions and, and places. Um, if you're, how many of you here are from Pacific Union area? Lots of you, You're, you are. So uh, I'm gonna have Dr. Barton is gonna come up and talk about training in this area, specifically uh, at the end, uh, after I answer some more questions. But um, so those of you who are here, you can uh, find that out through her. But um, there's also, if you have questions specifically from other regions beyond the Pacific Union here, and you wanna know about you know what's happening in your place, be it, uh, Georgia Cumberland or you know another conference you can connect with your health ministry leader there at the conference level or the union level or you can also if you email me I, I, I'm gonna leave some cards here for people that you know may have questions I can connect you with the division leader Dr. Angie David who is the new health ministries and recovery ministries leader for North America and uh, she can then you know help you connect with your local leader and tell you when uh, training will be done. I'm speaking primarily from a general conference global uh, perspective where we're doing trainings for the divisions around the world now and we're preparing the materials that will be used for train the trainer, uh, training leaders to do training locally. So this ministry in a way is starting up, continue to grow, but there's a lot of room and uh, we are open to suggestions of things that will be helpful for, for those of you who will be doing this at the local church. Yes. Um, you know, in the last talk that Mark Finley gave, he mentioned transparency. Yes. But then we have quotes also, like in the Spirit of Prophecy, the steps of Christ, she says, we all have temptations, but don't share them with a mortal, another mortal. So how do you, like, how do you guys work out um, how, how beneficial is it to get around and share, you know, your your struggles with just someone who might be a perfect stranger, not not like a Christian mentor or someone that you trust and are wanting to pray with? I'm just wondering how that's been studied. That's a very good question. So what we're creating with this ministry is that the people who come. Are, will not be strangers. They will be the people that are there to help each other grow. They will be the prayer partners. They will be the supporting system that oftentimes is lacking in our churches, where people don't have that uh, person to talk to that can be a prayer partner, that, that can be uh, trusted. So there's a lots of kind of, you know, if you will, rules for the group confidentiality being one, what's said there stays there. You know, there are many other kinds of things that happen to protect the privacy uh, of those that come. And, and that really becomes <laughs> what I, I envision the early Christian church was back when, you know, we started out, right after Christ left and the disciples were starting out, where groups would meet in the homes and they would pray for each other and they would help each other. They would, you know, support each other in their struggles. Um, and, you know, they would be not judging each other necessarily, but really helping each other grow. And the more you hear and you, you know, the experiences of people that are struggling. Today we have in our church people that are struggling with smoking. Nobody knows, but they are. They don't know, but they are afraid to speak because they were going to be misjudged. And, you know, and so if they had somebody to come to that understands and that is able to help and help them, that's what we're talking about, you know, not just with big things like smoking, but with other things too. 
But certainly, you're so right, and uh, Sister White is right. It has to be in a trusting environment, someone that can uh, truly understand and help and pray and, you know, be a support system for that person. It's not for everyone. Of course, there are people that rather just keep it. But what we find many times when people are afraid and, you know, they don't want to share because they're afraid they're going to be misinterpreted or criticized, and they keep struggling with those addictions. Um, and that is uh, hindering a lot, the growth, yeah, so. One of the uh, groups that is uh, working with uh, some sexual addictions and homosexuality, um, talk about they're not identified by their temptation. Yeah. Um, how does uh, uh, the Adventist Recovery Ministries uh, deal with that? Because that seems like that would be a helpful view. So they're not identified by the temptation itself. They're not identified as homosexuals. Uh -huh. Why should they identify themselves by their temptation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. Yes. So that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. The way you introduce yourself in a group, I guess, is what you're getting at. Um, instead of saying, I am a so homosexual or... Um, I've been struggling with homosexuality. You know, they can say something, whatever they choose, by the way. There's not a once, you have to introduce yourself in this way. There's not that. People feel comfortable introducing themselves as they wish. They may just say their name and say, I don't know, I've, have, I've have had struggles with same-sex attraction, uh, but I've found recovery in Christ, and I'm, you know, finding strength for, for my, my struggle. Uh, whatever it is that they want to say, Instead of, you know, they could avoid talking about the temptation, but they also can recognize what is in their character that they're looking uh, to change, you know, uh, without being afraid of, of sharing that. Because if we were not, I think, afraid of sharing what are our deep struggles, uh, we would have more people praying for us, you know, that could help us along the way. And also, you know, they would be willing to share too. And we could be more real and walk together helping each other in this uh, big hospital that's the church, right? Um, there is one uh, good thought that I like to say. When we are real and we talk about our struggles like that, other people that are struggling can also f identify. And we might be able to help them because we are a little further in the journey, and at the same time, somebody else who is a little bit further in their journey may be able to help us. So it's kind of like we are this chain in the church, helping each other go through the struggles uh, and praying for each other and, you know, looking for Christ to help us along the way. So that's the idea. Lorraine, and then... I was going to uh, ask you to mention a little bit about the program that we're planning for online. Oh, yeah? Okay. All right. Um, I'll talk about that in just a minute. Let's see if you have a question that... You mentioned that the facilitators are not to be Japanese experts. Um, do you have experience with either physicians or trained counselors at facilitators? It would seem to me it would be difficult for them not only to not act as experts, but not to be not expected to act as experts in any Yes, very good question. And this is true not just with recovery ministries, by the way. It's true with many other health programs that we do, right? Um, in the church setting, we have to take the hat off 
and, and, and be part of the group. And so you're right, in terms of expectations, people may think, oh, they are there, you know, they know, and they may ask questions. And I think from the beginning, what we do, and you, uh, people learn this in the training, um, they learn to introduce who they are in their role and to say, you know, I'm here as part of the group. I'm just, uh, you know, to facilitate. Um, we're not going to be necessarily, if there are questions, we're going to look for the answers together. Uh, if there are issues, we're going to help each other together. It's all about the group. It's not about one person answering questions, one person, you know, doing uh, referrals. Although they may, at the end, say, you know, if you need help, uh, this is where you need to go and, and, and act as a resource person. Uh, but not necessarily at the meeting. So we go through some of that in the training to help people who come from a background of being a counselor, having had experience with addictions, you know, having all that kind of background to be able to relate more equally in the group and avoid, you know, certain kinds of things. But you're right. I mean, some things you cannot avoid, uh, and you just have to kind of set that up. Okay, uh, let me talk a little bit briefly. Um, I will have to leave to go to, uh, to take my plane, but Dr. Barton is going to talk about training in Pacific Union. Before she does that, um, I just want to talk about this pornography resource. We are working currently on an uh, online um, confidential kind of uh, resource to help people with pornography addiction. And this has been a work in partnership with Dr. Uh, Ken Pargament. I don't know how many of you know Kenneth Pargament. He's a um, uh, psychologist, uh, very well known uh, nationally, internationally, for bringing spirituality into um, you know the the psychological the psychology field. And uh, we've worked with him and with other people that have been reviewing the materials and made some adjustments to fit into our faith, our beliefs, uh, to make sure there's nothing in the materials, because he's coming from a Jewish perspective, although he's, you know, a man of faith, um, to make sure there's nothing there that uh, goes against our theology in any way. But this should be available, we're hoping, next year. So at this point, uh, it will be sessions online people can go to, and, uh, you know, and that will be a gateway for them to reconnect with faith. Again, many of them may be agnostics. Many of them may not have faith. Many of them might have been Christians who are now feel shamed because of their, you know, sin of pornography addiction and now maybe start to look into faith again as God as an option, you know. So it's a gateway. Uh, that's the purpose of, of the resource. It's not going to be uh, something that will transform them to be an Adventist but it will be certainly a gateway to open up uh, the opportunity for us to go further. And they can then connect with recovery ministries if they wish and other kinds of resources. So we're excited about that. Dr. Parkman has done a, a research on this and that has used this um, in, in different pilot studies and has found great help for the people that have been using it. So um, they've asked us to partner on that if we were willing and and uh, that should be uh, something available, not just for North America, but others that speak English as well. And it's not meant just for Adventists or our community of Christians, but it's open to anyone who we hope uh, God will bring and that can find more resources and connect with further help. So that's the pornography addiction resource. Any other questions? Let me just say I brought here a couple of resources if you want to come back at the, uh, at the end of the lecture. We're about almost done here. Uh, this is our newsletter that we have for General Conference Health Ministries. If you want to be connected with what's happening 
uh, with the health ministers around the world and get resources and information such as when the pornography addiction will be out or you know, when uh, other kinds of resources are out, please stop by and pick up one of these. You can sign up for it also uh, and receive it every two months. You go to healthministries.com and it's free. You can subscribe. The other thing that I have here is a resource that we've uh, compiled in North America and now it's available globally, which is a booklet that you can use in your practice or in your church to introduce what we believe about health to people that don't know us people in the public. So it's called Adventist and Healthy Living. It has uh, 10 different things that uh, summarizes what we believe about health. Phil is familiar with this. Uh, a committee of us has uh, worked on that together. And I brought a few here for those of you who haven't seen it, perhaps you can pick it up. I have a couple in French too, in case you speak French. But um, these are available for anybody who wants to print. It's available on the website as well. can be used. You can add your logo in the back if you're from a church or a hospital practice that you want to share but this is something that can introduce to the general public who we are and what we believe in terms of health could you could you uh, put the website on for people to have the, to know those resources sure in fact uh, let me share here this is the can you see it no uh, i'm getting this online uh, this is the resource that I'm talking about. By the way, we have a Facebook page. You can like our page on Facebook. Look for Adventist Health Ministries there. This is the website, healthministries.com. And that is the newsletter that I was telling you about. So you can go and sign up. And also for the recovery ministries, Adventist Recovery Ministries, the website is adventistrecovery.org. Okay, so that is how you can um, engage with us through the recovery ministries. And uh, let me leave the website here. This is the website, adventistrecovery.org. And there is a newsletter, as I mentioned to you, so you could, can sign up for the newsletter right here. Um, and that is a specifically to recovery ministries, okay? And there are other resources you find here. You find when on the next trainings are and who are the leaders in your region, so you can contact them. And there are many other resources like the counseling. If you want to know a counselor, Christian counselor in your region, you can go to the resources there. There's also rehab places. If you need to forward somebody for an in-house or a residential program, there are a listing of several that are available throughout the country. And um, we hope that this can be a helpful resource for us to be able to do more uh, to help not only those in our churches, but also reach out. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.